lineup, though, it didn't mesh well. I don't want to single out any player. I don't think it was anyone individually. I just don't think some of the guys matched up well together. First, let's start with... Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. This summit has been created by the people for the people. No more sitting in This is everything and anything San Jose Earthquake related. This is Aftershock. Follow San Jose. Welcome back to the Aftershock. Let's start with some news and some Quakes updates. Obviously, we had the two points dropped again. This time versus Sporting Kansas City. This is a big two points dropped as it should have been another winnable game. Just like Vancouver, this is four points total now. And we would be in playoff contention right now, or at least in that line, if we had those four points. So the Earthquakes are really going to need to bounce back and bounce back quick because we have the Open Cup game Wednesday in Sacramento, which is supposed to be like 103 degrees. And then we have to travel down to LAFC, the best team in the West and possibly the league right now, on Saturday. And not only that, we're going to be missing Nathan and Calvo for both of those games. Calvo's been called up for Costa Rica for international duty. And then Nathan is still in health and safety protocols for COVID-19. Also, Shofis, it was great to see the return of him. But it seems like it might be the end. After the game in the stadium, he was just walking with the fans. It really looks like he's trying to end on a good note, super happy. I think he wants to stay, but I don't know if the club can afford him because it's just such a high asking price. It'd be really nice to see him, but we'll see how it keeps going forward. Also, if you want to get more game highlights and know more of the nooks and crannies of the game itself, you can check out The Aftershock, a video where it's broken down more specifically on just the highlights. But now, let's move on to The Negatives. I mean, first off, it was just a boring game. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best, most exciting game. It's two in a row that have been a little bit more boring, but, you know, we got points in both of them, so can't complain too much about that. The lineup, though, it didn't mesh well. I don't want to single out any player. I don't think it was anyone individually. I just don't think some of the guys matched up well together. First, let's start with Tanner Beeson and Cade Cal. Tanner Beeson is more of a center back. I think he does good defensively from a left back position, but offensively, he doesn't make overlapping runs until the ball is in the final third, and we've already 100% are in there, and then he'll start to make a run, but it's already so late, and there's not really space to expose, and it doesn't really open anything up for Cade Cal. We see the opposite with Marcos Lopez, who will go earlier and sometimes leaves us open in the back, but Romady can cover that, and it gives us more options. Also, we weren't finding Cade Cal or Christian Espinoza in effective spaces. Now, Christian, and this goes to the lineup, tucks in more, which then leaves Paul Marie in an isolated island by himself, because when he gets the ball, he has no one to go forward to, because all they have to do is cover one of the midfielders, and then it goes back. So most of our attacks are going down the left side because of this. Palmery will get up, but if the ball goes to him in the buildup, it's not really going much further than that unless he's already committed forward. As far as Espinoza and Cade Cowell, they're either tucked in too much or they're too high and we just can't find them. They're really great on the counter, but I want to see them take players one-on-one. -on -one. They're really good at it. Cade does a good job of it, but he does it so far back on the pitch, it's not really effective. And then he had the one chance early in this game that he ran into the goalkeeper. So I want to see more of that from our players, really trying to get wide for each other, open, check for the fullbacks, and really help each other going forward as well. New lineup though, Mesh, it's Oscar Agron's first game, and it was Tanner Beeson's first game in a while. So really going to see how they mesh together, especially in these next couple games where they're probably going to be starting again due to the fact that once again, Calvo and Nathan are going to be out. Silly mistake on the goal. Silly mistake. I mean, Paul Marie, he looks for the long ball, doesn't get it. And then he tucks in middle to cover. Uh, for Agarin at that point, because Agarin had gone up a little bit, but then 
As Agron's coming back, Palmieri leaves that space. The ball's played over the top. Agron's still chasing. And then JT is in a bad position. JT gets beat by a phenomenal touch. And then all three center backs, because Tanner Beeson is a center back, get caught ball watching. So it's just a frustrating defensive error. We're still making silly mistakes, still conceding in silly ways, and it's dropping vital points for us. So we need to figure out how to sharpen up more and sharpen up for a longer period of time. Now, I didn't really see the 60 to 70 minute curse this game, especially because we can see it much earlier on, but we need to be better than that. It was the end of the half. We need to close out the game. We need to close out the half, go into the locker room even. And then we scored at the beginning of the next half. So we would have been up one zero. And finally, the schedule. Not only are we not going to have nothing in Calvo now, but now we have to go to a game on Wednesday and then another game on Saturday, both away games and versus one of the top teams in the league. So we look tired as it is, and it's going to be very interesting to see how we deal with this. Now for the positives of the match. First one is the Jackson Mule side. Now, I believe Jackson has stayed on the pitch. I like the idea of trying to get a different attack going forward. I don't think he was playing terrible. I don't think he needed to be subbed. But I like that it's showing that he's not an untouchable. I thought him and Christian Espinoza and sometimes Montero, but we've seen Montero get subbed, were just untouchables, I thought, because of their contracts and maybe because who they are as far as the team being the captain and the DP. They weren't going to be allowed to be subbed, but I like that they got subbed, showing that anyone can get subbed and everyone's got to perform. I also like the willingness to have Chofis and Gregoosh on the bench. A problem I was talking about early on is this midfield. How are we going to fit them all in? I'm not saying that Chofis and Gregoosh need to be the ones on the bench per se, but I like that we are willing to put them on the bench, willing to put other players on the bench, willing to change things up for what we think is best and not just being like, oh, we have to put him in. Oh, we have to put him in. He's doing this, so we just can't. I don't care if he's playing good or bad or if he doesn't match up well, I'd put him in. I'm glad we're not doing that. I'm glad we're looking for this is the best lineup for the game. Also, Cade Cal, got to give him a shout out. Didn't really get to do too much, but I like when he got the ball and he was going forward on a counterattack. If he saw that there were two, three, four defenders in front of him, instead of trying to take them all on and then lose the ball, he pushes up the field as high as he can. And then once he got to a good position, held onto it for a second, allowed everyone to get up, played it back. Now we're further up the pitch and we can possess. That's great from Cade Cal, really learning in this game. And you have to remember, he's just 18. He's still only 18 years old. So it's really great to see the young kid learning and maturing very quickly. Now for my unsung moment of the match. This has to go to Montero and Jabo throughout the match, actually. I thought that we weren't getting much width play due to the positioning I talked about earlier. And I feel like I have to give Romady a little bit of credit. He was very creative this game compared to usual. Not that he's not ever creative, but he really was usually just sits back, plays defense. And this game, he looked to go forward. But Montero and Jabo were the main focal points of attack. They were super creative. They were looking to play off each other. They were checking. They were running. They were moving everywhere. Most of the dangerous attacks went through them early on. Montero even got the assist. Jabo was making good runs. Jabo got a lot of good shots that were very close. So my unsung moment of the match goes to the Jabo and Montero connections throughout the game. Now for the unsung player of the game. Again, this has to go to Eric Romady for me. I just think he's so good at what he's doing right now. And it's really, again, an unsung hero. He's allowing Yule and Montero to go forward, who again, I think are better in attacking positions, attacking mids. We've seen Jackson score in two games now. Montero assist and score in the last five, I believe. And also, when players are going forward, he does a great job of directing the back line where to go. In the 25th minute, he as you see a great example of it saying, hey, get wide, Akron, hey, get wide, as someone was going forward. And then he stepped back into center back after Calvo had made a run. So it's really great to see Romady organizing, stopping defense, or stopping the attack from countering on the defense. So again, Eric Romady is my unsung hero of the match. Now for fan questions. The first comes from, it's a football life for me. He asked, What's up with trophies? Contracts, st staying or really leaving? Will we try and keep them? 
I think he's leaving. I think it's more he wants to stay, but he also likes Almeida. And then on top of the money situation, I don't think we can afford him. And then we're proving that Montero's been really effective. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, exit. I don't think there's going to be any hate either way. Well, you know, some of the Earthquakes fans are. But I think it'll be clean. I'd like to say him. like to see him stay. I think Montero still has that starting spot, but I thought he offered a lot for us attacking-wise if he's willing to be on the bench, willing to start some games. And he can bring, and we can somehow get that asking price down. It's always good to have another weapon on your bench. I Mike nineteen eighty five asked, I'd like to know about the pregame superstitions and rituals for the Quakes. Oh man, yeah, I think I don't really know any of them personally. I know most players like to go in when they usually like to go in. Injured players or players that are a little bit older like to go in early, get rolled out, go to the physio, get an extra warm up in. The only one I know for sure is Tommy Thompson is the the locker room DJ. So he'll always play some music. So I'm assuming there's something there, but individual players will have their own thing, whether it's listening to calming music, doing prayers, just maybe getting hyped, watching some videos, talking, playing a bit of tech ball. It's different per player. Tommy Thompson being the locker room DJ is the only one I know for sure.